Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, United shuffles boarding groups, American threatens to end any kind of refundable tickets, and Venice has some new finds for tourists. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we warn you about the appearance of hidden fees in vacation rentals. The Reading area has been the latest victim of a fire that has turned a great recreational area into a burned out mess. So is it safe to go back to Reading and its many attractions like the Sundial Bridge and Bernie Falls? We have an update at 335. TSO, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, coming back to Sacramento for their annual holiday show. And at 345, we've got details and an interview all about this year's performance at the Golden One Center. It's Sunday afternoon in Sacramento, and we're having a particularly nice day in our city. Thank you for spending part of your day with the Travel Guide. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again Well, 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 just when you thought it was safe to turn on the radio, what did you find? You found Mark and Tom and the travel guys and a, another attempt to make you a smarter traveler. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, sometimes to their dismay. But but here we are. Thanks thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to, to, to join us and, and stick around. We got a lot of... A lot of good stuff. We, how, how you doing, Mark? I'm doing a little better uh, after a somewhat wobbly week. Why I'm uh, I'm upright and everything. All right, can't beat that. Yeah. No, it's yeah, yeah. it's a good thing, and and we probably have more than a few sports leisure travelers listening to our our program today. A lot of them attended our tour preview day at the uh, Crown Plaza Hotel last weekend. Um, something that I unfortunately missed. But uh, many of them are receiving their tour catalogs in the mail, and if you are a sports leisure traveler and your catalog hasn't come yet, it's in the mail, and it should be there Monday or Tuesday, be my guess. There you go, and and, and uh, you know, you think there's going to be any trips that haven't sold out by the time I they get their catalog, sir? I have to sir? tell you, if, if <laughs> they're not sounding too much like a huckster, um, if you're a sports leisure traveler and you get your catalog, um, look at it quickly and decide about what you would like to do because yes some things are already in very limited supply and there are a couple things that are already full so yes it would be good to at least inquire as to on the things that you're interested in to make sure that there's not just one seat you're there and you're the last person to speak up yeah yeah well you know you have uh, those that are going to be receiving them they've been on your mailing list for some time if they didn't make the the show they they uh they know some of the regular trips that you take and if there's favorites on there i i bet you that they probably have already called and inquired about some of those the first one to sell out was a trip to michigan which uh only accommodates 27 people and it was gone um the second day so uh many of the others we have a couple cruises and some international packages and some some very unique different sort of things so mm, whether you sure. are looking for uh close to home or something far away if you are a person who uh, is okay with traveling with 20 or 25 of your closest friends. We try to keep it to a, yeah. a reasonable number, but uh, 
Anyways, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, such as like the Giants are sinking slowly into the West. <laughs> I, and the A's, I haven't checked. Somebody uh, said, you know, you don't mention you, the Giants anymore. And I said, well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, it's because nobody wants to be depressed all the time. The A's were behind the Minnesota 2 to nothing in the fifth inning when we came on the air. So, uh, you know, I can become a... There, there's room on the A's bandwagon, I think, for a couple more people. Oh, I should say, in fact, I, I don't know if you paid any attention, but as you get towards the end of the season, that stadium that has only been putting in 10,000, 12,000 people, uh-huh. you know, like on Friday they had like 20, and on Saturday they had 32, and yep. I would bet you today they probably had 40-plus. They've opened up the upper deck. So There you go. Good, See? good, good for them. So the there's, there is room for us bandwagoners. You absolutely, there absolutely is. You okay. Know, yeah. Speaking of room for people on the bandwagon, I've got some uh, travel news here that's got a bunch of... Room for folks on the bandwagon. All right. As we always do at the top of Travel Guys, here you go, Mark, with the travel news. We have talked quite a bit about over-tourism in some key tourism destinations around the planet. And indeed, there is going to be a conference coming up the 27th of September this week, Over-Tourism Seeking Solutions. Um, George Washington University is hosting it in our nation's capital uh, tourism experts from actually all over the world are coming, including Barcelona, um, Iceland, Charleston uh, is another in the United States is a place that's having some issues with tourism. Uh, Barcelona is uh, one particularly with some issues. Uh, 1.6 million people call Barcelona home. The city gets 32 million visitors every year. Man, so that's, that's unbelievable. 20 visitors for every person who lives, who lives there in town, so you can imagine that uh, finding some solutions are key. Speaking of finding solutions, the folks in Venice who have already made it off limits to sit down for tourists in some areas are at looking at adding some more. Um, they are proposing to add a bunch more spots where if you just sit down in Venice, it will cost you about $500, 500 uh, euros uh, for planning yourself down in an undesignated spot. You're already prohibited from sitting in tourist hotspots in St. Mark's Square or Rialto Bridge. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. You're saying that when you're there visiting and touring, uh-huh. there are spots that you, you just can't randomly that like, you cannot sit, sit down. down, just randomly sit down. Yes. Mm. This is a bit of a problem, Tom, that, that places like Barcelona and, uh, Venice, Washington, DC, some of these other places are finding that the number of visitors is, has overwhelmed the infrastructure. Iceland, mm-hmm. as a country, mm-hmm. has had this problem. So uh, uh, it is something that now that folks are sitting down and saying, well, all right, how do we deal this? Deal yeah, with Lodi this? is uh, one of those. Uh, Lodi. Has, they have that problem. Yeah. You think? Yeah, it's, oh, definitely. <laughs> Too much tourism in Lodi. Losing his mind. United Airlines has shuffled their boarding groups. They have a new boarding order for flight system-wide. Um, the basic winners are the people... Who are the 1K Flyers? That just happens <laughs> to be a group I belong to. Yeah, Mark raises his hand. That? I don't uh, know if that's a good thing or I not. I don't know. But They've <laughs> shuffled things around, and the people who won, who, who who basically did the best, were the 1K Flyers. If you are a premium United Flyer, you may be boarding in a slightly different order than you boarded on in your last trip. So next time you go to the airport, um, take a look. You can go to united.com and maybe even Travel Guys Radio. Let's see if it's there. I don't... 
I don't. You ever see that movie with, I think it was George Clooney, The Million Mile Man or something? It was about a businessman who who would fly a a million miles a year. And it's kind of his, you know, a little story about him and his lifestyle and I fly about 150, 200,000, so a million is just is beyond you, you even gotta, any you gotta, comprehension. You've got to see it. It'd be right up your alley. Um, be careful when you are booking premium hotel rooms using your points and your miles and your, your, your currency because hotel websites now, um, this has been pointed out by a couple of folks on the Internet this week, um, have been caught... Let's say it's 30,000 miles or points for room, mm-hmm. and the upgraded room is 165,000 miles or points, and, and a, an unreasonable number. And if you weren't paying close attention and you had a fairly large number that you were working with, you might get skewered pretty badly. So just the, the alert is be very careful because sometimes a uh, there was an example given here uh, by a gentleman online, a a, a blogger online, where uh, a $30 upgrade cost him 83,000 points because he wasn't paying attention. Wow. So if you're, you're getting, sometimes you can get upgrades online for points that are very fair and reasonable, and you say, well, gosh, that's a great deal. I'll just spend a few thousand more points and get this better accommodation. But sometimes getting the better accommodation can cost you a lot more points so just be a little bit careful. Be Speaking of being careful, uh, Southwest has had a deal over the last couple of weeks where you can buy points and get a 40, 40% bonus. Be, I, I got that email. Be ye not uh, tempted. Uh, it's not a good deal. Basically, you are paying about 1.9 cents a mile for your points, and you are getting about 1.4, 1.5 cents. So once again, it's another example of... It, when you see these opportunities to buy miles or points, the only time you want to consider buying some is, let's say you had 142,000 miles in your account and you needed something that cost you 155,000. Right. So it would be it would make sense to go in and overpay for a small number of miles or points to get you to that award level that you needed to, or that you had some miles or points that were about to expire. And by buying a few of them, you could then hit a number that would allow you to use those. But otherwise, really and truly, when they offer to sell you these miles and points online, it is never, never a good deal. Never, ever. Well, somebody, you know, people must be not listening to this show and buying them because this is a, a regular campaign of theirs. And they offer, sometimes you're checking in at the airport and they'll say, hey, you want 5,000 extra miles for uh, people must obviously buy this stuff. They be, otherwise they wouldn't keep offering it. Agreed. But all we yep. can do is just keep telling you that um, don't even when you see something like that in one of those situations, you don't even have to give it another thought. It is never a good deal because of the way it's being in the in the position, the way it's being positioned. It's never a good deal. Okay, uh, Cocoa Palms in Kauai was a very famous place. Uh, Blue Hawaii was filmed there. Elvis Presley's movie. It has been in ruin now for the better part of three decades since the hurricane uh, landed on Kauai. People keep saying that the Cocoa Palms is coming back, and this year it was set again, but nothing still has happened. Here is the Cocoa Palms problem. It is landlocked. It's not an oceanfront property. It's off the oceanfront, and it's landlocked. It's in terrible disrepair after 30 years of neglect. It's going to take a lot of money and a lot of crap is going to be have to haul out of there to make it respectable and then when they get all done 
it's not going to be an oceanfront property. So it's going to have to be really special to be able to be able to make a comeback. And several people have invested some money and said they're going to do it. There is a current uh, lamb developer who keeps telling folks that it's going to happen. But the mayor of Kauai says, on, in Hawaii they have mayors of islands, not cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mayor of Kauai says, nothing happening. Don't hold your breath. Well, it was very, very popular at one time, and, and then it was uh, landlocked by all intents and purposes. But I suppose the the reputation isn't going to be enough to attract the, the newer travelers You're almost to this. two generations away now. So yeah. the problem is that the people who remember Blue Hawaii and Elvis and all that stuff, yeah. are there aren't as many of them left now as going right. to be your... I think your problem. Did you hear the one about the Delta passenger who head-butted the flight attendant in midair? This just happened I, the other day. Yeah. Uh, this guy, they're on a red-eye flight from Salt Lake City to Orlando. They have to make an emergency landing in, in Oklahoma City. This is, here's the kicker now. You get on one of these planes and you're a little bit wasted and you do something that, you know, and now they have to stop and land and put you off for something. Not only do you end up with a police record, but they are going to bill you. For the emergency landing. You know what one of these emergency landings costs? Uh, tell me. About 90000 bucks. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's... I, I think the, what this turned out was the pilot simply said, I, I refuse to uh, to to go anywhere with this guy. He's a, he's a danger to all mm-hmm. of us. Let's land and get him off. That's it. That's it. Uh, amazing, but true. KLM. Remember KLM, the uh, Dutch airline? They have kind of gone, they merged with Air France, and they were uh, also part of Northwest uh, Airlines here in the States for a while. A story came out this week about how they used to keep automatic rifles on board to defend against polar bears because they had a route that ran up into Manitoba, and at one point in time, a polar bear approached the plane, so they sent automatic rifles on the planes and uh, what a fascinating report <laughs> about automatic rifles. A private company is building, uh, is saying they are going to build light rail from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. I will believe it when I see it. Airline security trays carry more viruses than toilet seats. It is said. Yeah, I can, uh, I can believe that. Pretty crappy situation, if it you is. ask me. Yeah. Um, and That's why I always wipe mine down severely. Before I ever use it. That is the the tray. (laughs) American Airlines CEO threatens to end or change non-refundable fares and change fees. He says if Congress puts in a rule that says they can't charge us $200 every time we want to change something, they'll just say, well, fine, we'll take our airline tickets and you won't be able to change them at all. So now their American Airlines CEO is bluffing Congress. Couldn't happen to two nicer groups of people. Maybe they will all go out in the corner and uh, not come back together. Hilton has introduced something called Explore. Effective last week. Allows you to be able to explore the neighborhood around Hilton properties. I'll check it out and give you an update. And that is a rather long edition of the travel news for today. I have to say, one of the most entertaining selection of travel news items uh, and comments... Uh, we've had on this program in, in some time. <laughs> Welcome. We are the Travel Guys, Mark and Tom. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's see. Coming up in about three minutes in our Smarter Travelers segment, you know, just when you thought uh, you were maybe free from hidden fees, we've got more. There's more out there to get you. Details coming up next on the Travel Guys.
Well, just again, when you thought it was safe to turn on the radio, here we are. Mark and Tom, we're still here. The Travel Guys. Yes. Just, you know, this is not your 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 normal travel radio program. I don't think there is another travel radio program, so that pretty I've, much takes I, well, care of that. that's <laughs> true. There isn't one around here. But, you know, I, once in a while you'll go to a city and you'll hear on the weekend, often, a travel radio show. And it usually doesn't sound anything like somebody's always hawking something or trying to peddle something or acting like something. Well, these are expensive shows. They well, usually have to sell stuff it, to be able to yeah, afford it. Yeah, but, you but since you're independently wealthy, it just doesn't matter, oh, right? Oh, I see. That's yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we are the Travel Guys. By the way, you go to travelguysradio.com. We've got links uh, and stories of a lot and pictures of a lot of the stuff that we we talk about here on the program. One of our favorite hotels mm-hmm. has been nominated by USA Today. To be uh, one of the most haunted hotels in the country, the Mitzpah. If you go to our website, you can vote on that. Uh, you can go to USA Today and click and vote on the uh, Mitzpah Hotel. That's kind of cool, actually. Cool. All right. Kind of kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Well, okay. So uh, I'm anxious to find out where the where the new hidden fees are oh, that uh, I'm going to be poked in the eye with before. This is, I just seems turn like I, I I got this off of Christopher Elliott's website this week. Um, a guy writes in and he says, "Well, you know, I found this rate for an amazing three bedroom condo in Coeur d'Alene. and he said it looks a little bit too good to be true. He said, "You know, nineteen hundred dollars for a month for three bedroom, and it had a, a lanai overlooking a lake and." Uh, and he, he thought to myself, well, you know, maybe it's, it might be a little bit cheap. And he starts looking around, he gets into the fine print and he sees this guest service fee mm-hmm. of $30 a night. Well, do the math. There's 30 days in the month. That's 30 bucks. That's $900 in service fees. So then he goes a little further and he says, well, they mentioned that the utilities are not included. So he inquires as to what the utilities are for a month. Well, that's another $425. And then it's like, well, and then there's a housekeeping deposit, which is not refundable. So in other words, when you leave, you forfeit the housekeeping deposit at a minimum. If you tear something up, you pay for that too. But the housekeeping deposit was another $600, $20 a day. Wow. So he's up to the whole, he says this ends up with taxes and fees and everything. It's $4,494. Started out as $1,900. He said, I'm, he said, I would have been willing to pay 2500 might have even gone 3000 But 4400 was ridiculous, not to mention the fact that, you know, they led me to believe to start with that this was a $2,000 rental. And this is happening more and more and more because people who do vacation rentals are not stupid. They see that big hotel chains are getting away with this, so they with think, resort well, fees, why yeah. should they not, char- right, not tra- try the same thing? So... The word to the wise right now, until places like Airbnb and other uh, home sharing places get wise and incorporated into their policies, is that you're going to have to, it's buyer beware. Because right now, it's people can throw in pretty much anything they want, and if they put it there and you say, well, I just didn't see it, they're going to say, well, you know, we told you about it, so you're going to have to pay it. And you think, well, a, a $10 fee isn't much, but a $10 fee if you're renting for a month, is $300. If you're renting for three months, is $900. I mean, suddenly, these fees can become rather expensive. I mean, even a, a small fee, even a housekeeping. And, and, and it is becoming more and more common 
for there to be in these vacation rentals or Airbnb rentals for there to be a housekeeping fee. It used to be that there was a housekeeping deposit. You know, you paid, you wanted to rent for a week, you paid Mm -hmm. a $250 deposit. If you cleaned the place up reasonably well when you left, you got the money back. Now you don't get the money back. And if you don't clean the place up, you get charged an additional fee. You know, it shouldn't be a deposit. It should be just a straight-up house well, cleaning it fee, should, and then there you have it. It should be all disclosed to people. Right. When they when they look and they see there's an amount, you go online and you say, here's a vacation rental, and there's a week, and there's a price attached to it. And no matter what that price is, whether it's $1,000 or $10,000, that should be the price. I'm a businessman. When I walk into a store... I don't want to pick up a, a, a box of cereal off the shelf and see that it's $4.59. And when I get up to the register, have them ring it up and have it be $5.59 and have them be, say, well, oh, there's a dollar surcharge on every box of cereal. Right. Today. Now, you, you, it's it's the box charge. Yeah. If you want the cereal without the box, then you won't have to pay it. So <laughs> dump it in your hands. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm guessing that sports leisure vacations and your trips in in all uh, no hidden fees. You haven't started figuring this really out. Really try it. If, if you do business with companies, if you travel, do com- business with companies that don't hide fees. Because I'm just telling you, if they're hiding something from you in any way, shape, or form, the chance that they're hiding one thing, the chance that they're hiding something else goes up dramatically people who have a product that they're proud of that that they can offer to the public at a fair and reasonable price do not have to hide things all righty there you go you heard it from the travel guys uh coming up now we're going to be off to reading and find out what things are like there as things uh kind of gotten back to normal uh, what the recreation areas look like it, they burned out a bit of a mess we're going to talk uh, in depth about that that's coming up next as we continue here on the travel guys welcome everyone thank you thank you so much for being a travel guys listener Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, if you're new and uh, finding us on the radio, want to know more, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. If you're new, we gave away $10,000 in cash in the last <laughs> half hour, and you just, no, actually. And you just missed just it. Just missed it. No, yeah, no, 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 no. No, you didn't. Uh, Lufthansa is serving beer from kegs for Oktoberfest. Airlines serving beer from kegs. Part of a, uh, it's board flights from New okay. York City, Shanghai, and Singapore to Munich okay. during the month of October. They're going to serve beer, beer in kegs. All right. that's. I think that's kind of cool. Cool. Uh, speaking of kind of cool, up to the north, our visitors up in the Reading area have, they didn't have a good summer up there. Uh, I'd say, say um, the least. Yikes. Uh, and so we thought we would check in with them. And we w- so we went to our friends at Visit Reading. And joining us on the line is Lori Baker. Lori is the CEO up there, and she is here to tell us a little bit about, answer some of our questions about what there is still to do in Reading. Lori, welcome to the Travel Guys. Hey, thank you. I'm honored to be here. You're very, very welcome. It's, uh, uh, you all got a little singed up there. Just a little around the edges. Yeah, around the edges. So um, we've got, you know, lovely things like the Sundial Bridge and the whole Shasta Dam, and there's Bernie Falls, and there's Lassen National Park. I mean, you, you in Reading, there are a lot of things that are in Reading, and there are things where Reading is kind of the gateway to lots of things. Yeah, 
Hi, sound like you know us quite well. A little bit, just a little bit. Had an uncle who lived in Old Station uh, many, 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 many moons ago. So I've been kind of spent some summers in Reading as a as a grade schooler playing uh, baseball from nine in the morning until eight at night. So uh, yeah, I, I I have some very fond fond memories of Reading, and and there's a lot more to do in Reading now than there used to be, Lori. So tell us a little bit about what has happened. Is there anything that people would normally be able to go to Reading to do that they cannot do? Um, Not in in Reading, no. Okay. Um, Everything's fine. What's happening, you know, the fire hit mainly Whiskeytown Recreational Area and a lot of our homes out there. So locally, those of us that lost our homes, we're going to be living this for a while. But for a visitor... Most everything in Reading, our restaurants, our hotels, our attractions, Turtle Bay Exploration Park, the Sundial Bridge, it's all still here. Um, a lot of our trails that go east are still here. So anything that visitors normally do except Whiskey Town, and Whiskey Town's opening. It's, they're having these rolling openings because they're cleaning things up and taking care of um, getting stuff out. And what's been interesting, if you go out in those trail areas that m- – those of us up here know well, used to enjoy the trails, but you couldn't see past, you know, through the trees and into the wilderness area. And now it's almost, in a sense, cleaned out. You can see areas and trails you couldn't see before. Um, so it's going to grow back. And they're, like I said, they're slowly rolling it out and opening up more and more Whiskey Town now. It just looks different. Laura, let me, this is Tom. Uh, let me ask you in regards to. Uh, hotels and places to stay when people you know come to the Reading area uh, to to take advantage of some recreation. Uh, are there any areas that are that were damaged that you can't stay, or what do you recommend? In Reading, every single lodging property is fine. Okay. So there's no lodging properties that were burned. Like I said, the, the firefighters did an amazing job stopping that fire from getting inside Reading. Absolutely. Well, and Reading is kind of a, a dual destination because it's a stopover spot because it's a large city on an interstate highway. And you're at a spot on the interstate highway where you have not only north-south with I-5, but you have east-west with Highway 299 for folks who are headed over to the coast and stuff. So you are kind of a, a main stopping off point for folks who are going any directions. Um, but also there are a lot more things to do in the Reading area than there used to be. Um, the Sundial Bridge is a a great stopping off, a great recreation point um, in in the greater Reading area. I know that uh, we bring groups up now and, and come up to Lassen National Park. Um, there is Bernie Falls, which many people are not even aware that there's a gorgeous waterfall about an hour and a half um, east of Reading. So there are lots of reasons to come up and spend a weekend in the Reading area for somebody from Sacramento, which I've got to guess happens every once in a while. Yeah, we love our we love our Sacramento visitors. But it's true, it's such a short trip from Sacramento, two and a half hours, that people will come up for the weekend and we have lots of waterfalls, but you named you named the big one. And what's so wonderful, like you said, a lot of people don't know about Bernie MacArthur State Park, which is Bernie Falls. And what people don't realize is those waterfalls run like that all year long. We don't the waterfall doesn't dry up in August. When it's real hot, it doesn't go down to a trickle. It's the same flow It's an, all year long. So that's been fun. So people don't have to think, oh, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't go because the waterfall's not flowing. And there's a, a lake that the stream goes down into and a nice trail that goes 
up and down the creek and up behind the falls. And those are all things, like you said, most people don't know about. And they're, they're a real jewel, real enjoyable to hike and be around. With that being said, is there is there a reading season? Is there a particular time of the year when uh, uh, it's better to come because of X, Y, and Z? Yeah, well, for, if I'm coming from Sacramento because I lived in Sacramento for a while. Loved it there. Um, but if I were to come from Sacramento, I would choose when Sacramento. See, the thing about Redding is it's either raining, snowing, or sunny. So anytime Sacramento <laughs> gets, it's true. It's we don't get that gray, um, dreary feeling season that a lot of places get that gray season. And yep. so I would say anytime it gets mm-hmm. to be like that, it's worth a trip to come up into the sun because even in the winter, escape the gray. Yeah, an advertising campaign right there. I know. See, thank you. Can I write that down and use that? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's where I would say, but mainly a lot of people like to come in the spring and fall, of course. And we're going into fall right now. And if you come to Redding and go east, Trinity or Trinity County's west, but east of us is Plumas County and Lassen County, and they are spectacular for fall colors. If people haven't come up to, they've never come up here to Leaf Chase. Those are two areas to watch for because they're just spectacular. Lori, any special events in the next couple of months you'd like to share with us? In the next couple of months, we have a lot of events coming up, um, different local. In fact, it's gotten to be so many, it's hard. I used to be able to remember them and and be able to list them off the top of my tongue, but I can't do that as much anymore because we have so many. But if you go to visitreading.com, anybody goes to visitreading.com, we have everything um, listed there. And But we have a lot of um, beer and wine fests coming up, and um, just we're starting to do more culinary around our restaurants getting together and doing things. So we've always been known for outdoor recreation, but we're starting to do a lot more around the wine and beer because we have wineries up here. We have great wineries, and we have local breweries and a lot um, – a lot of those type of things that other destinations have had a while, and so people don't know that they can come up and, and enjoy that. Lori, is, Lori Baker is the CEO for Visit Reading. If you go to Travel Guys Radio, we have a link to their website there where you can find all kinds of things. They are just a few hours north of Sacramento if you're new to the area. Um, and you, you will find, as, as Lori said, I, I loved her description, it's either raining, snowing, or the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. Um, Redding, California, just a little ways north of us in Sacramento. Lori, thank you for an update. Have a good winter. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You oh. bet. Uh, you know, uh, Mark, I was looking at their calendar. Uh, Redding has a lot, of, uh, a lot of art and a lot of theater. Well, uh, the old city hall arts center has a, a dollhouse part two coming up in. Uh, the in other late thing September. about Reading is that it's a fairly inexpensive place. So if you're looking for hotel accommodations and things like that, and also I found that um, if you're if you want to go up to Lassen National Park, there isn't a whole lot in the way of accommodations up there. There is a lodge at the park. It's n- not going to pass anybody's five diamond test. Um, so you, sometimes I recommend to folks who are headed up that way, go up to Reading, spend the night, take off early in the morning, drive up to the park, spend the whole day in the park, come back down at the end of the day, um, ready. And you will find the accommodations, the, the restaurants, things of that sort. You have a lot more choices in Reading than you have, um, when you get up into the hills and up around Bernie Falls, uh, is a beautiful place just to go up. You could go up and headquarter yourself in Reading for a couple of days and each day go out and take a drive for two or three days. Uh, you could take your boat up there and and uh, you've got, of course, Whiskey Town is going to be making, it won't, 
won't be back in full operation. I'm still into, uh, until next summer, but still, it's a great area. And as I mentioned, did I mention it was inexpensive? It really is one of the more inexpensive tourism areas in Northern California. Yes, sir. All right. By the way, a link to the Redding area can be found right smack dab in the middle of our uh, TravelGuysRadio.com page, okay? All right, next up, putting on our entertainment hats, I had a chance to sit down with Al Petrelli, lead guitar player and music director for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and we're going to have that visit with him all about TSO coming to Sacramento. That's next here on The Travel Guys. The sound of TSO, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, in the background. What does that mean? It means it must be that time of the year. Time to spend some time with Al Petrelli with TSO. This is the Travel and Entertainment Guys, Mark, Tom, and and Al today. Al, welcome to the show, and uh, welcome to another season of TSO music right here in our own hometown. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. And uh, How you doing? How you been? I, absolutely perfect. How about you? All is great, thank you. Uh, kids are getting bigger and I'm getting older and time's flying by faster. Other than that, we're good. Thank you. Now, for those that uh, may be hearing you for the first time, uh, Al is the the music director, guitarist, uh, original member. The 20th year of touring to, for TSO. And again, uh, this year, it's the ghost of Christmas Eve. What can ex- folks expect this year, Al, when they come to TSO at the Golden One? Now, by the way, it's November 30th here in SAC, just in case you need to put it on your calendar. Yeah, and two shows, 3 o'clock and 7.30. I mean, it's it's just grown up. Like you said, for 20 years we've been doing this live, about 24 years since we first started recording. And, you know, it 1999, we had one box truck and two buses, and we thought we were the biggest thing on the planet then. And, <laughs> you know, you fast forward all these years. Last year, we rolled into town with 18 semis and 10 buses. Uh, it, it's just been an incredible journey. But this year, uh, I'm gonna, like I always tell you, it's going to be bigger than it was last year. We're going to perform the Ghost of Christmas Eve in its entirety again because a lot of folks in your community have really adopted and embraced that as part of their holiday tradition. They just love Paul O'Neill's story. That will be the familiar part of the show for the folks who come back year after year. Um, the beginning of the show and the whole second half of the show will be musically completely different, and all night long the production will be uh, completely nothing resembling what we've done in years past. I mean, our crew has outdone themselves yet again. So I, you know, I don't think I've ever disappointed you or, or exaggerated by saying it'll be bigger in years past because this year it is that again. It will be bigger and better. Unbelievable. One of the things I find uh, most interesting about the TSO shows uh, is when you ask the people in the audience how many folks have uh, seen you before. And, you know, you'll get uh, half an audience. But it's amazing that about half of them uh, have our our newbies. Yeah, that is interesting because, you know, you you have like 15 or 16,000 people in a building and literally 8,000 of them we we know, you know, over the years we've we've come to know a lot of these folks, and like you said, the other half have never seen us before, and I'd like to see what happens next year, how many of them come back, or how many new ones we'll have again, because it keeps growing. It's like one of our kids, they just, they keep impressing me, they keep surprising me, and they just, you know, the, the audience is growing up with us, uh, they're bringing their kids with them, they're bringing their grandchildren, their grandparents, uh, you know, I just sit there, and it, it, it boggles the mind every time I ask those two questions, who's been here before and who's brand new. 
Um, and I just love every second of it. You know, that's interesting because TSO truly is one of the acts today that resonates with younger uh, rock music fans as well as older adults and contemporary listeners. You guys kind of, you know, became popular by way of programs that were on PBS. So, you know, yeah. that brings a whole nother look to it. And with that being said, uh, you know, people have seen seen that program and those that haven't seen your show in person. I'll tell them a little bit about, you know, how many players, how many singers, what uh, musically you present at a TSO show so that they can get a get a feel for it? Well, you have 17 people in the band, um, seven instrumentalists, and uh, I guess probably close to 10 lead singers. Uh, then we also have the orchestra that we pick up in your town. It's, we got eight string players that have been with us for years, and we just you know love working with these people and performing with these people. So you know you have it's a pretty thick sound coming off the stage. Uh, musically, you know there's pieces by the great composers. I mean, we, we perform excerpts from Beethoven's Fifth and Ninth Symphonies. Uh, there's pieces by Mozart, by Liszt. Uh, then you have like good old-fashioned American rock and roll and heavy metal. You got some straight-ahead bebop. You got some R&B. You know, everything, there's all these different styles and genres because everything is an underscoring for Paul O'Neill's beautifully written story, The Ghost of Christmas Eve. Every character represents something different in the story, and therefore the music, you know, it's not the same from character to character, but there is a commonality that ties it all together. Now, that in itself, you know, is is awesome, but when you step back and you look at the production that our crew has put together, uh, it, it's just, it's absolutely, it's jaw-dropping. You have Pyro dancing to a, a Beethoven symphony, not too different than what it was like with um, Fantasia, the old Disney cartoon, mm -hmm, remember mm -hmm. that one? You right. know, similar thing, but this is happening in front of you live. It's, it, you know, you have these uh, projections, uh, these huge screens behind us that they're projecting the original movie that we did in 98 onto the screen while we're playing. You have lasers going off like all night long. You have the trusses in the air moving like it's a ballet to the Christmas cannon. You know, it, it is definitely it, the, the front row becomes the last row. The last row becomes the front row. I mean, it's just an all-encompassing, you know, onslaught visually and sonically. And, and it's the most fun you'll ever have in two hours and 15 minutes. And if you take your family, you know, it's not a mortgage payment to come see us. No, it's very reasonable. And, and speaking of which, by the way, if you just tuned in, uh, you're listening to Al Petrelli, lead guitar player and the music director for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, uh, coming to Sacramento November 30th. A link to the uh, where you can get tickets at TravelGuysRadio.com. Al, one of the cool things you guys do every year is you present a great big check on stage to a local charity. Tell our listeners how that happens and how much money you've raised so far. Oh, well, uh, I appreciate you mentioning that, but that I'm going to give credit where credit's due. That is all Paul O'Neill and Paul O'Neill's family. Uh, it's paramount to them to remind everybody that it's the holidays. Um, and, you know, we're going to be at the Golden One Center, you know, twice that day having a great time. You know, we're going to have a big old Christmas party and we're going to play some great music and we're going to just tear it up. Some other people aren't as fortunate as we are. And, um, Paul and his family, they just wanted to change the world a dollar at a time and a song at a time, you know, and they're starting to accomplish that. So for every ticket that you guys buy, one dollar from that ticket is going back into your community. You know, and this is this is going on, I don't know, the 20 years we've been touring. You know, this is something that Paul's done with his family, you know, from the jump. 
so however many tickets we've sold in 20 years, $1 from every one of those tickets has gone back to wherever we played because it's important to us. And it should be important to everybody. The number I have is uh, right here on your press release, more than $15 million in worthy charities uh, throughout North America. Congratulations. Thanks to you and, and to the O'Neill family. Uh, by the way, uh, I understand for those that, you know, can't get enough of TSO once a year, you guys are celebrating your tour with uh, TSO and Rhino Entertainment, releasing a new 20th anniversary edition of the 98 album, uh, Christmas Attic, available CD, Digitally uh, in so September 28th, uh, and uh, you can get it on vinyl too. Uh, November. Which th- that's 23rd. the best. I love that part. That's my favorite thing. You know, I still have, I still have, and I still play my vinyl. Um, and once in a while, I will pick up a new one. How about you, Al? Well, my wife bought me a turntable a bunch of years ago, and I have it set up uh, in the corner of the house. And I love it because I have all my old records from when I was a kid, you know. But the other day, I walked downstairs, and I thought I heard, you know, uh, Vince Giraldi's piano. And I walked down, and my daughter, Olivia, who's seven years old, took the disc out, put it on the turntable, and started playing it. Her and my little girl, Layla, the two of them were just kind of dancing around like it was Charlie Brown down here. You know, vinyl <laughs> is just, you know, that that takes me back 50 years. You know, and the fact that we're releasing this record on vinyl means the world to me, because I remember, uh, we were, you know, that's 1998 we recorded that record. I could tell you what we were eating, what we were wearing, what we were laughing about, because it was still brand new to us all. It was the second record. We still have never done a live show. And now here we are in this digital age of, like, virtual everything, and, like, we're going to have a 12-inch version of that. That made my day. If you want to see something that kind of would be a blend of maybe the Who's Tommy, maybe Andrew Lloyd Webber with a little Pink Floyd light show, but even bigger and better, don't miss uh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra's uh, Christmas tour. Once again, two shows at the Golden One. I saw the Golden One last year, and even bigger and better, a 3 o'clock for those of you that uh, the afternoons work best, 7.30 uh, for the evening show as well. Uh, Al, anything else you want to make sure to tell our listeners before I turn you loose? No, just have a great weekend, everybody. And I hope to see everybody, you know, at the shows. Uh, Happy holidays. And from the bottom of all our hearts, much love to everybody for helping us, you know, put this on the map and just making the holidays that much more special. So God bless. And you, my friend, I can't wait to put my arms around you and say hello again. So thank you for everything this morning. Thanks, Al. Looking forward to it. Al Petrelli with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Stay well. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Here's a little bit of TSO. I find it hard-pressed to decide whether I like the, you know, the story portion of the TSA show. TSA. TSO show. Or, <laughs> you really are a travel yeah, guy. Yeah, there you go. Or, or the, uh, the, the front and the back, which is always extremely you unique and, and different. You and Al have been friends for a long time. Yeah. And this is something that you guys do every year on the show, and you, you, you talk like you you know, like long lost brothers. So, um, and, and I finally got to see it last year in Kansas City. So it really is a, it really is a great show. If you're looking for something, if you like rock and roll and you're looking for something to be in the mood for the holidays, why this is it. If you're a sports leisure traveler 
and you're looking for your catalog, it should be showing up in the next couple of days. And again, without sounding too much like a huckster, um, if if you have the opportunity to take a quick look at it and see if there's anything you want, um, the competition is pretty stiff on some of the trips, so please don't wait too long and get shut out. There you go. The old huckster mark uh, giving you the details. <laughs> All right, my friends, uh, wrapping up another Travel Guys next week, the What's Going On segment with Steve LaRosa. Uh, we'll also have an interview with Graham Nash of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So join us for that. Dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next Sunday at 3 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on the Travel Guys. <laughs>